All right, here we go. Podcasting time coming to you from the Rofe Hotel, downtown Dubai's epic podcast studio. Colin Thomas is here from We Will Fix It and Essential Maintenance Dubai. Although, he's branded We Will Fix It today. Well, you know, let's shake it up. <laughs> it, it, it plays havoc with the images that I use on our socials because you keep changing shirts. So I got to keep changing the colors of things. You well, know? if I didn't change it, you wouldn't want me in the room. Let's be honest. <laughs> We're talking DIY. In case you're wondering, what am I listening to on this podcast? Although you did look at the title and you did look at the description. So you know, but it's DIY. And DIY is a gigantic subject. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, you know, freshening things up and thinking about where you're spending your money and how you're spending your money. And, and the list goes on and on. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm glad we're back doing this. That sounds quite focused, James. Now, let's be honest to our <laughs> listeners. Never once have we ever ended up doing what we've written in the notes. Well, and, and last podcast is a great example because we've pulled those notes over to this podcast because in the last podcast, we got right off track right from the start. Yeah, we literally did nothing, <laughs> did we? The no. only thing on here that we actually did was a shed update. Yes, and I took that off the recent notes, but then you just said, I've got a shed update, which means we're down to the last hour. No, we're not. Oh, but you only had four hours. No, no, I had four hours, then we got to two and a half. That two was two episodes ago, right? Yeah, and then yeah. I spent three hours doing that two and a half hours of work, and yeah. I still got two hours of work left. <laughs> so yeah, it's hold going on, really well. Hold on, how, does the, how do those maths work? Oh, well, this is, this is the new... <laughs> well, actually, that's probably pretty accurate for DIY projects, isn't it? You, you know, and this is, this is something that... It was, it was funny because we did talk about the fact that I sanded my my outdoor table yeah. that we eat on. And my wife said, oh, I can't just sand that down. And, and instantly I'm thinking, okay, this is probably 30 minutes work that's going to take me two hours. And I'm, you know, and she's going, it just won't take you very long. And I'm looking at my watch going, yeah, how long do I have? And then, of course, once you got started, I realized oh, I better go get another mask on because this is quite dusty. And then I got to, you, you know, you forget. Yeah, I'm going to sand it, which might take half an hour, might take an hour. Then you got to do the cleanup. Do you have to do sundown chairs as well? Yeah. See, that's, that's the hard. thing. That's no, that's hard. way more than the table. Oh, yeah. Th- those are hard. That's... Yeah, but I don't think you have anything like two hours. Yeah. I think it's more like five. Per chair? No. no, no. See, I'm, I'm just talking... For the project. I'm just talking per item. Like, the table took me about, a, uh, took me about an hour. And what were you using again? Which, what what, what kind of sander? I was using a uh, just a vibrating sander. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So but I, I probably needed the palm, to have, wasn't it? You did say. Yeah, I yeah. probably needed from the get go the coarser sandpaper to start. That's the key. And I had yeah. I had medium grade, so it took me a little longer. Yeah. See, that's something that um, that I, I really recommend to everybody, which is if you're going to get into it, then get into it. Yeah. Because you can always. It's really easy to use something like a sixty, sixty, or an eighty grit initially. Yeah. If it's really bad. Go to a forty, but make sure you're gentle with it because it's yeah. gonna it's gonna really be uh, be quite uh, and that's aggressive. what I, and that's what I needed to do. Go to a forty and then do a, a top coat with something a little bit finer. Yeah, so then I would go from a forty to, to like a one twenty somewhere there around there, yeah. and yeah. Um, and the one twenty you can do really quickly because you've yeah. taken the worst of it off exactly. and you're just smoothing it off at that yeah. point. So anyway, so but but back to the topic, it's yes. timing. So the shed has gone through. We're, like we're in the last mile for finishing the shed. I hope not, <laughs> um, because that's the you know it's it's a really enjoyable um, so are you, undertaking. Are you prolonging finishing the shed because you don't want it to end? Is this a whole well, maybe, maybe psychological manifestation going on here? There's definitely a little bit of that, uh, without a doubt. So this week, 
uh, we were coming back, I can't remember where we were coming back from, and I realised that I had nothing for like the next hour and a half, <laughs> and that there was potential here to, uh, to carry on. And what had actually happened, it was an odd one, because I'm using a really um, good um, a penetrating um, surface for the, uh, uh, for the shed, and also I'd yeah. sanded it quite well. Um, what I found was that it, um, it literally all soaked in. So at that point, it was just a little bit of variation in color, and oh, also I wasn't right. totally well, sure. You had your daughter doing the middle; you were doing the top and yeah, the bottom. Yeah, so it's the preservative. I couldn't get that word two two sentences ago. I think you probably yeah, worked yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm there now. It's preservative. So um, it was only it was only two of the four signs that needed it, which is always bizarre, isn't it? How is that? Yeah, I know. It's just different different absorption. Also, I think because oh, the sunlight the previously sun. had hit it, right. these two that it basically meant that they were just a little bit more porous than, mm. than the other two that sealed up really nicely. Um, also, it didn't help that I had a really... I only had in the house these um, really short nap rollers. No, but you like the short nap rollers. I do like the short nap rollers. Just It takes a lot longer to yeah. be able to do it because you can't get as much onto the roller itself, which means you're constantly uh, backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, which probably was part of the reason why I was doing a third coat. So I... Um, and then Ruby was, was, yeah, wanted to come and join again. And I thought, oh, this is great, because she'd done, God, three hours with me on the previous right. session. And, and did she, true to form, stick through for another couple hours? No, 10 no. minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. So no, why'd she lose interest? I'll, what happened? I think I'll go in now, Daddy. Well, oh, no. because she'd already done the projects. And also, if you imagine the first time that you're doing it, with the whole yeah. color change when you sanded it. Yeah, it's fine. It's quite dramatic for her to see the difference. When you get to the third coat, and really not that yeah. much is that different, you don't get that same sense yeah. of satisfaction when you're seven. Then it's labour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I was absolutely fine with that. Bless yeah. her. She's, she's done an incredible job with me. I was really, I'd really appreciated the time. And uh, so I literally just bashed it out, those two. And um, so now the side, uh, the one side that is exposed to the most sun is absolutely sorted. The uh, front door, unfortunately, is a fourth coat, so I've got that to do this weekend, hopefully, if I can find some time. And, um, and then I've got to still do a couple of trims, um, take off a little bit of the, uh, the felt, uh-huh. and uh, actually I'm putting another felt strip on. It's oh. sealed, but oh. there's just another felt okay. strip to go uh, just over the, um, over the peak. And then, then yeah, I suppose it's, it's kind of all done. Um, I'll find something else to do. But then the other thing that I need to make a decision on is for my table and chairs. Yes, because, okay, give us, give us the background here. So, because a lot of people have these kinds of issues. We've, you know, you bought some nice wood furniture, you've moved around a little bit, you know, you're looking at that furniture, you've maybe been staining it, you maybe haven't been staining it, but now you've got to make some decisions. You know, you're not so happy with it. Do I turf it or do I, you know, give another refinishing? And that's kind yeah. of where you're at. Well, yes, but it's um, a, a quick pricey. I think we discussed it actually on the last um, the last podcast. But um, we previously had a, uh, a another beautiful teak table that every year I teak oiled and sanded down. It was it was stunning, and I actually sold it for more than I bought it for after seven years, which yeah. was incredible. But this time round, Natalie wanted more of the uh, the kind of the faded grey look right. that teak goes if it isn't treated. So we're now just over a year in, but we've got a little bit of mould or, or just yeah. black mildew. So more, we, more we than talked anything. about using yeah, the pressure your, washer. Yeah, did no, you do it? You suggested the I pressure did. washer, yeah, yeah. and it was genius. Oh, so um, no, I haven't yet. Okay, but I will because okay. that's just a genius so, idea. So if if Natalie 
you know, is cheering you for doing this, then put my name in there. Oh, I definitely will. But if she's not cheering, it's put, definitely put your Dan, fault. Put Dan's no, no, name. No, no, no. You're 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 already there. No, 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 no. I'm not doing Glenn. That. Glenn's got a pressure washer in his Actually, place. I don't even own after, one. After Glenn's comments about Pajeros, <laughs> everything everything in this world is Glenn's it's fault Glenn's from now fault. on. Talking of that, you not believe this what happened this morning. I haven't oh, told no. you this. No. A Pajero almost ran me off the road. <laughs> Does he know who you are? I thought we were the brotherhood. <laughs> Come, actually, it was, but you, but it, it you weren't driving so a Pajero, though. You no, were, I wasn't. But it just so happened that it was a lady, but she didn't even look. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was one of those that was about as cast iron her fault as I've ever seen in my life. And actually, let's be honest, as a bloke, which is, generally speaking, the ladies are more considerate drivers in Dubai than the men. Absolutely. Apart from this lady. <laughs> so I was utterly furious just because the indignation of it being a Pajero is absolutely unthinkable. Ridiculous. Right, getting back onto the subject now. Yeah, so we, we've had the rant right, on the Sorry, Pajero. no, no, I, I, just, I just did that red mist moment. I've got no clue what we were talking so about. So we were talking about your table. Oh, the yes, teak the table. table that, yeah. you're, that Natalie had decided, look, we're not going to yes. stain. We're going to let it get that nice, yeah. worn wood look, that driftwoody yes. feel. But then we've got this kind of mildewy. Yeah. Well, it's not mold. It is mildew. And um, yeah. so my plan now, after what you said last week, is I am going to hit it with a, a pressure washer. And I've got a really nice um, uh, K7 cartridge in the office that needs a good workout. So yeah. we'll, we'll do that. But then also, because of the way that it has weathered, it's actually at the moment where it is the table itself and the uh, the chairs that are most exposed to the sunlight is is gone to a really nice grey colour. Oh, but the back of the chairs is still oh. the original. So it Oh, looks, no, that looks weird. Yeah, it does look weird. But that's the problem. It could look really cool. Yeah. It doesn't. Mm. It just looks weird. So I don't know whether or not to... I could rotate the chairs around. Yeah. Um, and then I'm hoping when I hit it with a pressure washer, that shouldn't have any effect on the actual colour itself. And I'm thinking maybe that I leave it until next year before actually uh, putting some preservative on it. That's a good idea. But again, trying to find a preservative. I think I'm going to use Cuprinol this time around, which oh. has got like is a penetrating uh, stain, which also you can get one which has a fungicide in it as well, which could be worthwhile so, you know, for this. See, that's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, but the most important thing is Natalie hated the yellow effect that you get with teak oil. Yes. So this, I know because I used it on the inside of the shed um, with a sprayer, which was, I mean, it uses like four times as much. And to be honest, I didn't, I, I did, actually, that's not true. I did have full um, breathing apparatus on. Yeah, but you need. But still, it wasn't sealed particularly well. So I had to be a little bit careful with that, um, to say the least. It's when, you know, that uh, an indication of that sort of process, when people are painting the outsides of their, their homes here, and often someone will come and fill the cracks and do whatever, and then yeah, they get yeah. the sprayers out, and you can smell it for, you know, two kilometers away. Oh, it's yes. Like, it's like, well, and, and then sometimes you see the guys, they're not even wearing breathing protection. I know. Just yeah. maybe a little mask, but they need full filters. A cloth mask will yeah. not do that without oh, a doubt. Well, no, I had a full filter mask on, wow. but actually it, it didn't fit particularly well. And, oh, oh. and because I was so determined to get it done, I did, I did inhale a bit, which was stupid of me. Yeah. So, you know, lesson learned, especially as I'm qualified in health and safety. I really should yeah, yeah, You should be admitting this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, we all make mistakes and I certainly done that occasion. But the same stuff, I think, should work really, really well on the table. But okay. again, always as ever, you need to use it on an inconspicuous piece first. Try it out. So and, then, and then when you're going to do this, you've got to do it, A, not on a windy day. B. Oh, I'm not going to spray it. Oh, I'm going to roll it this time. That's learning from with, last time. With, with the, um, with the, the Which will be perfect, actually, okay. this time around to use those short nap because yeah. this is really thin anyway. Okay, easy. So uh, that's nice. the plan. Yeah. But we'll spray it first and then see what kind of happens. Uh-huh. 
And um, what I might do is do a half and half. So do, because uh, the table uh-huh. is suitably uh, grey already. Yeah. So once I've hit that with a pressure washer, maybe I can actually just do the um, the table initially, because I want to keep it at that level rather than it degrading any further. Yeah. Wait for the chairs to kind of um, grey off a bit, yeah, mm. and then do those at a later stage. You don't look convinced. I don't look convinced. I, I, I think you're going to get hit with you've only done half the job. I'm going to get hit with that no matter what, Joe's. Come on. Doesn't matter. It's just the subject area that changes. This is normal marital life. Always in trouble. It's only the subject matter that changes. Okay, well, that sounds like a good project, which leads me actually on to a follow-up from last week. Okay. So, again, we haven't hit yet what we've got on our notes, but that's okay. Okay. So... Your shed, and you and you 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 alluded to this, and this was actually part of the notes. But your shed is located in the front of the house, correct? And you've got white stones around it. Yes. You've also got in your property, you've got uh, nice tile work. You've yep. also got artificial grass. Yes. And you do you have any actual grass anymore? No, no, not at this place. So in your last place, you had some actual loads yeah. of grass. So you've had all of the essentially the the. The ground covers yes. where you live, each of them requiring different kinds of maintenance yep. and different kinds of installation. And, and what, based on all of those, you want to walk me through some of the choices and some of the pitfalls for, say, putting down stone, you know, and, and, and I saw someone put down stone, by the way, and they didn't put anything under it they didn't put oh, any no you're kidding and uh, and i watched him do it and, and a year later i'm going and you can see stuff's coming up you may think we're in the desert well it's not, not this, it's not just that it's support for them because yeah. you give it another well, year and they'll be in all directions that's exactly what happened and it look, just looked horrible to the point now they've given up and they've just well they gave up the day they put them yeah. down to be fair <laughs> it's um so let's start off with pavers and that kind of thing yeah. for me this is an utter no-brainer it's granite Right. Uh, there's nothing else that I can see for, for lots of different reasons. So your options would be something like a sandstone, first of all. Mm-hmm. Sandstone, give it four or five years, and it starts to flake away. When it starts to flake, it's done. There okay. is no way of getting it back. It's still mm-hmm. just going to be horrific. And because it's natural, the, once it does start to flake, it, it flakes at different rates in, on, uh, on okay. one particular tile. And my last place was exactly like that. It degraded so far there were holes in it. Why, now, why does it degrade so fast? I would have thought that it would, you know, they, they've put sandstone on buildings forever. I, I it had been down, I mean, it had been down for a while, and I'm sure there are grades of sandstone, mm. uh, which is part of it. Also, uh, because it was quite close, the areas that had really degraded were quite close to the, uh, the natural grass, yeah. which therefore meant that it was getting wet two or three times a day Um, so that would definitely have had an effect as well there's also we talked previously about sealed tiles versus unsealed tiles I'm absolutely in the unsealed camp and that's as a father more than anything with small kids and also with um, we, we have a pool in ours as well so the issue is just down to well no it's not just down to but a large part of it is uh, whether or not uh, when it's wet uh, it is still safe and we've got both so we've got sealed granite and we've got um, unpolished and granite and so going back to the sandstone you wouldn't go back that route no definitely not even though it might that be that was cheaper. already down before we, and, we arrived in the last and it's fairly place. economical the sandstone oh yeah it's miles cheaper but actually it's not miles cheaper that's not true oh. it is if you were buying retail and didn't know where to get it from uh, then like for like yes it's cheaper than the cheapest of the granites which okay. is the unpolished 
Right. Okay. And they actually do give it a finish that it's un- unpolished. Hmm. However, if you were buying retail for sandstone and trade, which is what, what I did for um, the unpolished granite, then the unpolished granite comes out cheaper unless you're running a car over it because then you need 30 centi right. rather than 20, which is what I've put down in, in the garden. Now, would the sale... I'm, I'm still in the sandstone here. Yeah, because okay. Would the person selling me this be giving me the line that, yeah, you know what, it is going to degrade eventually, but you can replace it and it's going to be easy? They will tell you it lasts for 20 years and they're a bunch of liars. Right. And they may also try and sell you the sealer on top. That's a classic. Uh-huh. So the sealer um, that they will supply supposedly sits over the top of the sandstone. They will tell that you that, that it's uv stable oh. and uh, equally they will say oh and it, it will help with the anti-slip properties and it will stop the degradation garbage absolute okay. disaster Not, area. don't even it. don't even think of it mm. yeah so that's that and you can't just pull some out and replace them it's going to look like a uh, dog's breakfast exactly okay. yeah because they all they all um go off color at different um, different okay. speeds anyway. so granite is the way to go I definitely think granite's the way to go. The other possibility is uh, um, one of the composites. So yeah. well, um, that, that makes sense. Well, yeah, it yeah, does. But, but they just yeah. look—they look really naff. Uh, um, so you've got either uh, like a cement base, which is the cheapest of the lot, right. without a doubt. And uh, the problem with that is it looks a bit municipality. Uh, okay. You know, yeah, if yeah, you—I yeah. don't yeah. know whether you um, mind you. I've got obviously the British perception, which is all you ever got was the the cement ones. So I've definitely got a bit of a hang-up with them. Hmm. but Because um, I'm just thinking like some of those water parks where they've just poured a big slab and then they've put a, a mold on top to give it a little texture. That could be, you know, they, people know this concrete here. That's expensive. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought, you, that, I thought that would be like a really affordable route. No, but now you've got a specialist that's needed oh, to get any of the moldings in okay. unless you buy it preformed, in which case right. it's going to be really consistent. And Yeah, yeah no. Oh, okay. So you've got that. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, we, then we've got ceramic um, oh. as well. Printed <laughs> printed ceramic. Uh, absolute insanity for outside. As soon as you get a chip, so underneath the yeah. um, the, the picture that has been printed onto that tile, uh, you've got a consistent um, ceramic underneath. And it's not very, I mean, different ceramic companies, different ceramic quality. It's it's a nightmare, actually. It's just silly. I mean, they're, they're interior tiles. Whatever yeah. you're told, that's rubbish. And, they're and interior when, tiles. And when they crack or when they chip or when you need to replace them, you better have a stockpile because yeah. you're not going to be able to find them with the same color or the same anything. So the key is when you're buying your tiles for outdoor, you look at the side of the tile and see whether or not it is just the image on the front of it or whether or not it goes right the way through the tile. Because ah. if it chips, you want to have that same texture there. Yeah. That's the basic name of the game. And, and you so, know that they're going to chip. Someone's going to drop something on of them. Of course. It's outdoors. <laughs> you know, you, you, you've, got, you've got kids, you've got stones, you've got gardeners, whatever it may be, they are going to chip. Yeah. And they will chip quickly. And the idea is that when it chips, you don't really notice it because that's the whole tile and where it, where it, um, where it is. Yeah. Obviously, get a couple of square meters of extra because, again, if you're using granite, you can replace it. And inside a couple of months, it will equally look exactly the so same. So granite's the way to go. I just think it's a no-brainer. Okay. Mind you, that's what I've done, of course. So yeah. I would think that, wouldn't I? Artif- but we, did make, we did make an error because uh-oh, the, uh-oh. the sealed granite yeah. um, is... Too close to the pool. It was more expensive, and it is slippery as. Oh. So the kids, luckily, are brilliant for that. But it's something to bear in mind. 
and that slip factor, that's that's a big one, whether it be in our weather or yep. if it's a little cooler and you get rain and, you know, if you're in the UK, forget it. It's, I mean, yes. it's always going to be wet and slippery. Yeah. We well, actually, another texture I've just remembered that we had was um, we had one side, um, uh, uh, which is probably, it's actually about probably 10 meters by four around the side that was block. Really? You know, interlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's super popular here. Yeah, it is. It's super popular here. But again, very municipality. You know, it's, yeah. it's out in the main area, and that's what they do. And we didn't really want to have to go all the way around that area. I mean, 40 square meters is a decent additional area to do. Yeah. And again, when you're putting down, we didn't talk about, when you're putting down block paving, there is no option. You put a cement block down first. If you just A lot use, of people don't. No, and a lot of people don't. And you... you you will regret it. There's just no point. You know, some people will try and use like a grey grit or something yeah, like yeah. that underneath. No, grey grit is therefore underneath artificial grass. You cannot use it. There's not enough support ah. there for tiles, without a doubt. There is no option but to, uh, to sell put down that, cement. They, they sell it that way. You know, hard pack, and then we're going to put some, some, you know. Garbage. Some, some whatever grey grit. And yeah. hard pack it and then put the stones on top. No, that is um, definitely not the route to okay. go down. It will still, you will find inside a year, yeah. they haven't been able to pack it effectively to the level that would be required. It's fine if you just get, uh, put in a little bit of uh, artificial grass on top. Right. But if you put in heavy, um, heavy tiles on yeah. it, it's not going to work. Especially when you get roots and you get water Absolutely. and you, the ground shifts a little yeah. bit. And then they're all over the place and you can never get them back. You no, get a definitely not. So that's not a no-brainer. Some granite. Uh, so, and then other things. Yeah, stones. Stones are a weird one. We we had a whole load of stone in the garden initially, so we actually moved. Love, do you love it, or do you, lo- do you are you somewhere in between? Uh, Natalie loves the the pure white stone, okay. so we've got quite a lot of that out the back in um, some of the flower gardens. But again, uh-huh. that looks great in year one and rubbish in year four. But there's no telling it. So, again, with that, we put... Can you just pressure wash it? I mean, uh, you'll move the stones all over the place. uh, No, because if you imagine, you've still got all of that rubbish in between them. Right. And as a result, when you pressure wash it, it just doesn't really work particularly well. But we put a membrane down first, so that way... that's the key. Yeah, it is. It is. But again, that membrane goes kind of off colour because it's all white anyway. And um, so, yeah, I'm not an enormous fan, but that's, that's a route we've gone down. Uh, out the front, uh, so previously, actually, it's yellow, t- uh, the, kind of the cheapest yellow stone that they um, mm. often used on driveways around the about, that kind of thing. Uh, that was, uh, we moved all of that from the back garden and we put more on the front. So that's actually what we've got around the shed. Mm. And it's all right, but um, a bit, bit boring, really. But we'll get around to doing the front garden at some point. You see the Business Bay Crossing right by Jadath. Yeah. The shipyards. Have you seen that purple stone that they have? In oh, there? yes, I have actually. <laughs> There's a yeah, lot. Yeah. I don't know where. I think that's a glass. I, I think it is. I don't know where it comes from, but there is a huge amount of it. Yeah. And it's 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 interesting. Yeah. But you know, that's one of the awesome things about Dubai. One of the things <laughs> I really love about this place is it doesn't matter whether it is an underpass, for instance, yeah. or there's just a, a municipality area. They don't just go with bland concrete just no. to clear the area. They actually do something really creative with it. And that's wonderful. It really is. It does add massively to our city. And since, since they irrigate the plants around it, it keeps them clean. Because yes. if you see a part where there's no irrigation, you t- I mean, that's the first thing I noticed. It's, yeah, there's these beautiful purple glass stone things yeah. that collect sand. Yes, they do. 
and and that's again stuff with stone to keep in mind. Yeah, it's with, true. Whatever colors you go. Yeah, but that and, and go with the membranes. And go yes, with the, membranes. the membranes are definitely required. Grass versus artificial turf. Okay, this is a controversial one because I was heavily in the natural camp in the last place, and the reason was uh, was quite simple, which I wanted the kids to be able to run around, fall down, and, and it not to hurt. Yeah. Um, no, I've changed my view. <laughs> oh, so you were you're full grass and now you're turf. Yeah, if you imagine, I was putting on something like four and a half thousand gallons of water onto the last property every day. Wow. Now, if you, I mean that was a huge that's plot. A, that's that was a big, like a that was a, like a fifteen and a half thousand square foot plot. It was yeah. enormous, uh, but that's a huge amount of water. And equally, for six months of the year, it didn't even look good. Yeah. Because, you know, the reality of Dubai is it's either going to get burnt or yeah. it's not going to be the growth season. So you, you end up in a scenario where you might get three months of decent looking grass and the rest of the time it looks rubbish. Yeah. So this time around, it was already down, in fact, the, the artificial grass. And we kind of moved the sections around a little bit. Um, but it, it kind of works with the dogs and the kids. It's just more practical um, on the whole. And it you know the stuff we've got down is pretty cheap okay because there's lots of there's lots of different price gradients for this stuff yeah there's also like uh, price gradients and also it's how it's put down right well ours is cheap and hasn't been put down well so rather than rip it all up it's good enough it's something that if i was doing it yeah i definitely wouldn't have it in a month of sundays i would use a a, a better quality and you know all the seams would be sealed and things like that which which they're not but at the end of the day, you've got to stop somewhere, haven't you? Yeah, and, yeah. and accept it. And, and really, what it is really good for, things have kind of changed a little bit. The kids are now on their scooters or whatever else. Yeah, sure. So actually, they're less likely to fall off them on the whole. And um, equally, so doing that on grass isn't really going to work. And they can actually do it on the artificial because yeah. it's quite a short nap anyway. Yeah. And equally, we've got the dogs to think of. And for them, the clear-up is a little bit easier, um, which is useful. And, you know, a power wash off and, and we're back where we need to be. So all in all, it, it works out quite well. Yeah, okay. So that's, those, that's some nice, you know, coverings and a nice way to start looking at them. Yeah. To, to make decisions. And, and obviously figure out what your, your price point is and what yes. your price appetite is because but it's also, there's a different difference there as well with grass because natural grass is cheaper to put down. But your maintenance cost oh. is way higher. Yeah. And also, the things like just the gardener. A gardener <laughs> to cut it. Yeah. Because uh, all those kind of things, that at the moment, we've got the same gardener who moves from one place to the other. Right. And admittedly, it's a smaller plot. But he's, he's about half of what he was in the last place because all he really has to do is the plants around the border. That's it. Which is excellent. Yeah, so it works out well. And, and environmental. You're yes. not using as much water, so you're not generating as much CO2 because they don't have to desalinate. You're, you're doing a good thing. Yeah. Suppose we are. What, what do you do with your pool in the winter? Because you got a pool. Do you, are anyone swimming in it? Is it too cool or? It is too cold by a long way. Mm. Our pool is it's a bit of a it's a bit of a white elephant for us, to be honest, mm. because um, the dogs go crazy when the kids go in the pool because they think that they're drowning. <laughs> right. And then good. That's good. Those are good dogs. Well, yes, but they just, they are incessant. Okay. So the idea of being able to enjoy pool time yeah. is, is kind of a bit of an issue. And equally, um, Rolo, at least, is not particularly keen on water. Ah. And Paddington just doesn't even know what it is. Um, so he's the smallest of the pair. <laughs> not. Um, so, so it's just, it, it, it kind of doesn't get used anywhere near as much as it probably needs to. Mm. Um, we've got a pool heater on it. And um, uh-huh. but it takes like two days to get it up to up to temperature, okay. 
And uh, is that run off natural gas or is it? No, no, it's it's electric oh, and boy. it's twenty three kilowatts. Wow! Yeah, it's a monster. Uh, but even then, it's two days to get it to temperature. So it's quite a major power spike to be uh, yeah. to be doing that. And uh, Joey Woo Woo, my brother, he's got a wood burning stove. Nice. That he runs that he runs the heater coils through it. That's great. And then puts it right in the pool. So he's not using it in the winter. Yeah. He probably could. But in the summer, when he needs to heat that thing up, just put some wood. That's a nice idea. Yeah. Smoke up the you know the, the farmland that he lives in. Yeah, I've got the feeling that that's fine if you've got farmland that you live in. In the middle of the Arabian ranches, I'm not sure the neighbors would be overly proud of me. But on, on the road heading up there to the desert, there's a lot of guys selling wood. So Yeah, but that's to the, go in the desert with, isn't it? That's not for middle of Sahil and Arabian ranches. Can you imagine the outrage? I mean, literally, I, I moderate the, or I'm the admin of the the Arabian Ranch's residence group. Can you imagine the outrage? Yeah, oh, oh my so bad. sorry, that was sorry. me. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, be one of those outrage of Sahil too. <laughs> I can't just imagine oh, it. We we get a few of those. Yeah, half the fun. Fortunately, it's warm here most of the time, so you know. You get a lot of pool life. What do you do in the summer, though? Do you have shades over it? I know you had the... You uh, we, the sprays work really well. So okay. the sprays will hold it... Down, at, um, down about five degrees, right? Yeah, yeah. So it'll hold it at about kind of 20, uh, 24, 25, which okay. is where we kind of want it to be. Uh, again, the, the negative of that is it requires the pool pump to uh, to operate. Right. I'm kind of th- working on a little mental project at the moment, which ah. is... Um, almost the adaption of the solar... You know the solar fountains that are yes. available? I think there's an adaption that can be done there for the pool, um, which would therefore run all day, and hopefully it's not going to knock off the five degrees that the uh, that the other ones do. But to get it to a baseline, if I can knock off two or three, then yeah. at that point I don't have to have the uh, the pool pump running quite so much. Mm. Um, but again, it's all theory at the moment, and quite a lot of my little projects <laughs> like this fail spectacularly. <laughs> So we'll we'll see how we go. This I want I want to jump into a little bit of what we actually set out to talk about. And that's uh, thirty three minutes into the podcast, oh, which is bizarre. great. <laughs> so, and, and the reason I want to I'm jumping into this is this seems to be the time of the year where it's it's a little bit of a down period with with folks doing stuff. Yeah. I, and I I'm not sure why, but February is that time of the month where we've 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 just we've lived through things, and now people are are looking around. And they're looking at where they live, and they're starting to think, you know, maybe I need to, you know, freshen up. Yeah. And that's, and that's the big word. And, and the first thing that I notice is people head to Ikea, and they spend hours trolling the displays to try and get a, a sense of what can be done. Yes. Which is okay, because, and you used Ikea for your, your kitchen. Yes, we did. So they've got some great folks there. And and you get two groups of people, one that are, are trolling, and then they're going to get someone to come in to do the work, and the other that are trolling, taking pictures, getting ideas, and then they're going to go home and do it themselves. What, both of them? Uh, yeah. See, here's, yes. here's the one that I absolutely <laughs> love, which we, we are obviously on the receiving end, and it's fantastic for us. Um, but what happens is, they go to Ikea, they see it already built, yeah. they're saying, oh yes, that's me, okay? Yeah. They then find the packages they get the ikea guys to lift them on uh-huh. they then get to their car <laughs> yeah now at that moment <laughs> ikea man is no longer there to help them he's gone yeah he's nobody's run. around he's run he's because he knows what's going to happen yeah and they've got to get them into their car now what this does is it breaks their spirit yes so they've got them in the car because they've already paid for them and at that point 
it looks like a long distant memory of that built in IKEA scenario. Okay? The, the, and this is only getting into the car. They still got to drive all the way home and get everything out. Well, no, this is where it all goes a little bit, um, a little bit pear shaped. So, on the drive home, they have that realization moment, which is. Oh, my word. And then the, the blame starts. Whose idea was this anyway? Again, exactly, right? <laughs> Finger-pointing stuff. And then what happens is they get home and they go, you know what? I can't be bothered to do this. <laughs> yeah. Do you and know then, how many people are nodding along with this going, I've yeah. been there. But then you, you're in the two scenarios, which is they still love it because they've got the memory of it being yeah. in Ikea built. Okay. So the other option is, right, let's take it back to Ikea. And then they go, do you remember getting it into the car? <laughs> so we're not doing that. There's absolutely no way. Oh, but we will then have to get it out of the car to, to get it sorted. So we and then get in the line at right. the returns. Yeah. Oh, we've got all that to go. So what actually happens is this. A phone call comes to us to say, we've got some IKEA um, flat pack that needs building. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's great for the phone call. Can you send two guys? Because we need it carrying out of the car. Yeah. So yeah. then our guys arrive, carry it out of the car, build it. Now, the other thing that people always think is for IKEA flat pack, doesn't matter what we've got, it's 15 minutes to build it. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely <laughs> and utterly not. Even, I mean, I had, and I'd suggest that maybe I've, I've, I've got a bit of ability in the area. Um, I had just one side, um, side unit, I suppose. Yeah. And admittedly, it has something like, nine or ten drawers in it oh, it's a, no. it's a it's a beast because you got to build all the drawers too exactly when you're building all the drawers separately and from the, the main tra- carcass and put the tracks on yeah tracks on all this kind of stuff right well that took me and i was working flat out that took me two and a half hours to do and if you imagine with the boys yeah they probably knock about half an hour off my time just because they do it all day every yeah. day rather than me the way that i i, I approach it but still that construction time is labor and we have to charge for that and the difficulty is quite often the labor charge will be more than what they pay to actually buy Mm. the thing and then it gets kind of awkward because then you're like was that really good value Mm, hope it was to you but you know yeah we gave you the idea of of expected time beforehand and and that's where we are so it it gets a little bit difficult in those scenarios but uh, like you said you got the guys who come in your boys you know, granted, it's going to cost you a little bit more using your guys, but what the the added value becomes, they can actually think through the process very clearly. Yes. And yeah. that's what you're paying for. You're not just paying for the manual labor. You're paying for someone who can actually think about this as they're putting it up, and then they're putting the wall unit up, and they can say, you know, you know okay, it, it does come with wall fasteners. We've got to put those in too, and they're able to think through that process. Well, the next one is it comes with wall fasteners. You don't want to use those here. Because <laughs> that's the other thing that co- quite often happens, which is um, the, the fastings that come... And I, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not throwing this necessarily just at Ikea. Yeah, yeah. But they, if you imagine, they, they package on a global basis. So therefore, fixings that you would use in other countries potentially doesn't work here. Yeah. So again, the guys can adapt and get ready to that if it's something that needs attaching. Yeah. What, what do you... One of the things I love about going to Ikea is, is they, they love to give me this feeling that I can... I can do DIY. Yes. And they even have the little section with all the DIY stuff. You know, they've got the basics are all there. Do do you think, and and I'm not, again, we're not pointing any fingers in a negative way at Ikea because I love going there. I love walking around. I love buying stuff from Ikea. Yeah. 
is is that toolkit that I can get there? Do you think that is going to get me started? It's excellent. Yeah. There yeah. we go. There we no, go. I'm, I'm really <laughs> positive about their kits. And good pricing. I think they're called, aren't they Fixer? That's the, the range. Yeah, that they Fixer. Have, I, think yeah. That, I think that's what it's called. It's the, the orange bottom, the clear top. Or exactly. The uh, they're really good. They're yeah. really good. And they don't break. Yeah. And that's one of the great things about IKEA. They're, they're basic, though. They're, I mean, it's, it's a basic kit. It gives you just what you need yeah. to do that particular yeah. job. And, and that's ideal. That's yeah. the whole IKEA um, ethos, isn't it? One of the, the things I do like about their stuff is the, the cases everything comes in, so you can just stack them on top of each other. Because a lot of times we're a little bit you know, storage space deprived. Yeah. And so that's why you're buying storage, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, from IKEA. <laughs> so before you get to that point, yeah. yes, they will. They will flat, which is um, sometimes which is great. basic hammer, screwdriver, basic wrench. Yes, and it will mean that you know if you had all the um, all the the items, it might be slightly quicker. Yeah. Um, but it will get the job done, and you've paid what twenty dirhams instead of the hundreds yeah. that you would need for all the other bits. Yeah. So uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm all for them, and those have been tried and tested, mm. which is the other great thing about IKEA. Because yeah. if you imagine the hassle for them of something <sighs> failing and they have to then do a recall yeah. on the quantities that they're involved with, you can guarantee that things are tested properly. Yeah. Which is the whole reason, actually, why we got our kitchen from there. Which is we knew that a it would be tested properly, and secondly, if we had a problem further down the line. Highly likely we could get spares from them. Yeah. How's so, it stood up so far? Your kitchen, really, really well. The only thing, the only thing that was um, that, uh, is remotely negative is the uh, the kicker plates at the uh, at the bottom of the cabinet. Okay. Uh, the corners, in fact, they're generally that's the only bit that I think they cut too many corners with. And um, the end pieces on there, the dogs, uh, well, no. Paddington loves to chew, uh-huh. and uh, as a result, we we ordered another four or five from them, and he's gone through all those. So we just there he's is no end off. pieces now, which is frustrating. But yeah. they were bad design anyway, so it's it's okay. I'm not surprised in the slightest that uh, that's an issue. We we did, and we'll get back to the tools yeah, yeah. and stuff. But we did a, a cabinet wrap probably almost a year. I remember, ago. and it, it you know you weren't happy for uh, with that at the time. I remember. I, I, yeah, there were, there were a few pieces where the imperfections of the cabinets show through, and they still show through. Yeah, and and there the the thing, and it's it's an interesting thing because it's it's clearly never going to last forever. Of course, and a year in, there's a few spots that are not really visible to the average person who takes a look. Yeah, but I see them. I have that <laughs> issue as well, and where the adhesive hasn't adhered yeah it's kind of given off because of the heat because of the humidity in the kitchen and there's really nothing i can do about it at this point i mean i've looked at it and i've thought okay but hairdryer maybe maybe i might i might go back and do that and then put a little bit more of um contact cement underneath or something like oh that. i wouldn't oh no okay no, no. i what, mean what would it, you use what would you use i, I wouldn't i would okay. literally just just trust, trust the wrap itself okay. use the hairdryer just to yeah. loosen uh, so, what's natural so i might i might try that with the hairdryer and just see but yeah. but aside from that it's it's really proven to be to be nice the, the challenges and and i can see where this wrap works different so a lot of the kitchens that are just you know flat aluminum yeah. things would be perfect Yes. And there wouldn't be an issue. Ours was this wooden cabinetry that had, you know, indents in it and a yeah, little bit yeah. of a little bit of, of a design pressed into it, and that's where we ran into the issues. Is there a sheen on the wrap? 
No. Well, that's interesting then, because you would be minimising with Matt. Yeah. Um, and if I had something in uh, of that yeah, scenario, no I, I would I would just literally stick to Matt. Yeah, it's all. But again, no, it's all you know, it gets to the stage where it, it it's only so forgiving anyway. Yeah. So if you do have significant imperfections, it's not going to cover everything. I I I suspect in another year or so we'll we'll get it redone. Yeah. And. Being able to, when they come in to redo it, we're probably not the same folks because I, I was really happy with it. They did. Yeah. But whether it's recovering this or just putting another cover on, I don't know if they can do that or if they'll tear it off. They'll tear it off. But in that process, looking and marking the spots, okay, we see what we got to do here. You see what you got to do here. You see. Yeah. And and I think that I think that'll be a lot of fun. So and I'm, photograph it beforehand. Oh, I would yes. I would be chinographing the whole. Oh lot yeah, yeah. No, and then photographing it so that you know next time this is what I'm holding you to. Yeah, and so and I figure we probably got another year and a bit left before. And and well, like I said, I'm going to go back with the hairdryer now. That's sure. a great idea, and yeah. see if I can't do a few things. But just there's little things, and it's you know, it, but it did the job, and I'm very happy. Good. With what we've got, so well, it gives you a massive visual improvement. Well, that was it, and, yeah, and that that can just change your whole mood. Yeah, you know, for us, the the difference in how we use the new kitchen versus the old, yeah. uh, which is pretty much the same layout on the whole, um, but it, it's it, it's it's now, uh, you know, with the 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 way that we've got the kitchen island set up, uh, that we now use for pretty much um, most of the meals. I mean, we've got a, a whacking great dining table. There that, you go. That probably is used once every few months <laughs> when the rest of the family arrives. But um, but it just, it really works. It's, it is yeah. the sense of our home without a doubt. And, yeah. and we spend a lot of time in there. So basic tools you think we should all have? Because I, I think this becomes part of the challenge with, with folks. And so we the IKEA basic toolkit, why not? Grab one. If you don't own one, get one. Yep. Get the fasteners. The, other fastener kit that go you know there's a, a standalone fastener kit why not get it too yeah but that's a good start it's the, a really good start anything else you would add to that list only because and i'll let me preface it is because i've heard people you know oh i've got to adjust some cabinet doorknobs or this and they just go oh, i got to get someone in i'm going what are you talking about what do you yeah. mean? Get, get, get a wrench and do it oh, i don't have yes and and so you know it, it, what would you what would be on your must have you're moving into an apartment list or, uh, or definitely house? definitely adjustables okay and if it's an apartment i would stick to a medium size adjustable uh, so something like um an 8 inch uh-huh. And because that way it is, it's a compromise for everything. Yeah. So for the small stuff, you can get it small enough so it will kind of hold okay. Uh-huh. But again, um, you, it's very easy to overtalk the small stuff. With right. It. Uh, it will go large enough to cover all but the um, the most significant, and the maximum you're probably ever going to do is half inch. So it should be able to do that okay. Um, and if you're if you were needing to do something bigger, you probably need a professional anyway. Right. Okay. So that's a good compromise. Uh, pliers, absolutely. Mm. Uh, I would, yeah, okay. We're, th- we're talking about somebody who's not a DIYer, so I would probably just go with um, a standard set. Make sure you oil them, please. Uh-huh. WD forty. There we go. There's another one. I'll yeah. class that as a tool um, in, yeah. on this occasion. And and the new cans that have the swivel. Yeah, they're great. Which is you know you can still get the old ones, but yes. I think I think it's just because they have a whole stock of it, so they're finishing off those because the new ones. Or the no-brainer. Yeah, oh, it is an absolute no-brainer, without yeah. a doubt. And that's exactly what I've um, I've gone for when I, I was restocking. Uh, what else? Uh, so, the IKEA kits. Yeah. Do you remember the screwdriver that comes in that? 
Yes. So it's a black head. Yes. There's nothing fancy about it whatsoever, apart from it is one of those ones where you can plow out the blade and that you go from a Phillips to a, a standard flat, okay. um, depending on so which way you go. So if I was in an apartment and not a DIYer, that covers off pretty much the majority right. of what I would need anyway. Yeah. So that is a good, uh, a good solution in, uh, in that scenario. Now, here's the, the kind of complex one, which is, do you need a saw? Yeah. Okay. If it was me, I would probably go with a really small hand saw and six blades rather than um, anything larger. Mm. These kind, this kind of person really is probably though, not right? going to... Well, this person is probably not going to do woodwork. It's not no. their thing. So therefore, getting a wood saw is a bit of a waste of time. But you often find that you just need to saw off a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, you know, when I was, when I was six or seven with my dad, that's what I started on. Okay. And I could do most jobs with them um, with just a little, a little metal saw, mm. you know, the standard hand saw with the, uh, the metal frame. Yeah. And that covered me for, you know, a number of years like, before. like a hacksaw. Like yeah, a, like a hacksaw. Yeah. Um, actually, I prefer the slightly larger ones because okay. they're just a bit more, a uh, bit more capable. And oddly enough, I literally looked through my stores the other day and I've got four. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened because I don't remember buying any of them. But I've got four. It's one for everyone in the family. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nobody else will ever use it, let's be honest. So, uh, but again, and then also, obviously, I've got like five different packs of blades. Yeah. Because obviously, I need you, five you, different packs of blades. You just never know, right? Yeah, you never yeah. know when you're going to need 28 blades. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I think I've got one of those saws. I know I have one of those saws, and I know that I've got a whole pack of blades that I and I every time I go into the tool area, yeah, and I see that saw and I go, yeah, it's great to have that saw. And it's like, when's the last time I used that saw? But but the day I and I the day I need it, it's there and ready. Well, here's an interesting one for you. So if those are designed as metal saws, right? But um, remember, I was talking about the uh, the brittle L section wood that I've used on the trim on the mm-hmm. shed. Mm-hmm. What I found was I've got I've got all sorts of wood saws, and I found that they were just too aggressive with that uh, that wood, yeah. and they were kind of chewing at it, and, and I just couldn't get the accuracy that I needed. So I pulled out one of those uh, those mid size hacksaws, absolutely perfect for the job. And so in the end, you know, yes, it's a metal saw, but it's a really fine, so it gives you a lot of control. Yeah. Uh, so they do work really well for a variety of, uh, variety there's of a whole, reasons. There's a whole bunch of folks listening right now who are going, I remember the metal shop at school, and I remember leaving the chuck key in the lathe, and I remember my teacher having me hacksaw mm. with a dull blade a four-inch cube of metal that took me like a week as yeah. punishment. And like they say, that's <laughs> yeah. lethal. You never remember, and, and I, I remember I remember a metal shop, and I remember mm. people leaving that Chuck Key in. It's amazing we didn't get killed. We didn't get enough of that, you know. Yeah. Um, so we, we did, uh, what was ours, craft design and technology, they call it by the time okay. I went through, and it, which was a lot of woodwork that was brilliant. Okay. But, you know, these days, the kids don't have that. Yeah. You know, my kids don't. They've, uh, they've replaced all of that with the robotics and programming right. and all that kind which of stuff. Which is cool. Which is cool. But? But there's a core skill there that's been lost, yeah. and we will see that in years yeah. to come. Now, don't get me wrong. As a business, that's brilliant. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. You've lost that skill. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I am that skill. <laughs> but you know what? For society as a whole... That stuff really has value because, yeah. you know, the number of times on this podcast that I've talked about the bonding experience with my kids of yeah. doing DIY at home, um, and it's magic. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. And teaching them a skill. 
And that's what she should be all about. And I'm totally for all the robotics and the programming and all this sure. kind of stuff. But I wish that they were, uh, were broader in terms of and the that, knowledge. And that's there. what we used to do in, in the scout troop that I was the scout leader of. We would, we would just you know, get the tools out. Because I knew the kids weren't yeah, doing it at we home. We did that as well. And show them how to do it. So also, to this day, everyone who went through my scout troop remarks on the dodgeball games that we used to play. Oh, yeah. Because there were no rules in my dodgeball. It's like, you mean we can we used, hit call it, we used to call it murder ball. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Because they're saying, we can hit people in the head? By all means. Absolutely. Can, we can hit them everywhere? Like, anywhere? I said, by all means. Yes. And, and every scout who went through this thing, now, you know, they're, they're adults. And they're going, you, you run into them, and they go, I still remember that murder ball we used yeah. to play with you. Pre-health and, 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 and so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he says, and it was interesting, sir, that you would have us positioned against a wall. And you were always <laughs> the first person to get to throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we are talking about that, that family bonding. The, the oddest thing I was, I was doing, actually, no, it wasn't. It was lovely. I was uh, talking to my dad over the weekend on FaceTime. And he's like, I've got to show you the downstairs toilet and the progress that I've made on this. <laughs> And bless him, he'd uh, he'd channel out the wall. And, you know, he's he's a full time carer for my mum now, uh-huh. and um, he channeled out the wall uh, and uh, put in all of his copper pipe. And he loves doing copper yeah. pipe. Oh man! But he he does it as an art form. I mean, it's oh, absolutely beautiful. incredible. I so and copper. yeah, but he uh, you know and he well, got to put the flux on there and then exactly the, the, the and then suck in solder. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So he does it that way, which is the traditional way yeah. that the all the heating engineers would do it because those are the cheap parts yeah. traditionally. But you just look at his joints and you're just like, oh my word, what an art form and it's yeah. immaculate. And the enjoyment that he gets from it. And right now he needs a little bit of enjoyment. Yeah. But it's so odd that he was, um, <laughs> he had me on FaceTime and now it was me advising him. He was asking for some <laughs> advice on various bits. I love it. Well, it was. It was quite a moment. And I've got to say it was quite emotional as well because yeah. um, all those years that he taught me all of yeah. uh, the, the DIY and, you know, the enjoyment of it as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was always his little helper for yeah. all these projects. And now, and you, now the tables are turned. This yeah. is awesome. You know what? We're going we're gonna to pick this conversation up next week, next time we're on the podcast, and we, we are going to get to refreshing the interior of our place, things we can do easily, and, of course, we'll add a few more things in as well. It'll be a lot of fun. Colin, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It and Essential Maintenance Dubai. I'm James Pikeway coming to you from the Rove Hotel. This is the We Will Fix It podcast. And we'll be back with you real soon.